0: The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN.
2: Man, if you thought the K-State 22-23 year couldn't get more special, don't be going to sleep on it just yet. Because your K-State baseball team, (laughs) after winning two of three (laughs) against Texas Tech, is now the 22nd ranked team in the country. And is no doubt about it at this time. Now firmly in the conversation for some NCAA tournament action. With still some work to do, of course. Four. K-State Wildcats were selected in this past weekend's NFL Draft from Union Station in Kansas City, and six more cats were picked up as undrafted free agents. Welcome to the game. I am Mitch Fortner. Over there is Troy Coverdale, and across the glass is Travion Birkland. Only one of us actually attended the NFL Draft, and I gotta say, this person looks a lot more tired than the rest of us. It was probably a long three days, but we actually, I think we first need to go to Travion for the update or really for the uh, reaction of actually being at the NFL draft. Travion, what do you got to say about it?
1: It was long and expensive, and I only went two days because I didn't want to spend another $50 for parking.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So th- th-
1: what else was expensive? Was it just the parking? I mean, the food was expensive. And What'd then- you get? Uh, the only food I got there was the loaded nachos for fifteen, or not loaded, um, nacho fries for like 15 bucks.
2: So you're paying stadium prices. Yeah. Did you yeah. notice how much a beer was?
1: Um, I think it was like around 10 bucks and then cause like water and soda was five. So.
2: So you used to be in that park. You, it was, you could only charge five bucks at mm-hmm. the most for a beer or something mm-hmm. like that. I get right. maybe those things have changed in the last few years. But I know why you were really there. Well, actually, were you present when Felix Andy DK Uzama was picked up by I the was, Chiefs?
1: I was. I was. I saw that happen, yeah. Place go bananas? I was just like, yeah. You know, it wasn't like crazy. That
2: yeah, was all those KU, Missouri fans that were there. <laughs> the
1: K State fans that also love the Chiefs loved they every popped. second of that. They popped. Oh, for sure. It was also like, you know, that was a little bit later on in the night. It seems like. The draft picks earlier on in the day, people got more excited about, and then later on, oh yeah, as it starts to drag, everyone's like, eh. yeah. I
2: mean, it, it drags from pick seven, right? And then you just so happens that you know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so they get the last pick of the first round, so you got to wait to the end of the round, and then it happened to be King Felix.
0: You're honestly sitting there, you know, that first hour, there's actual excitement to it. And then about an hour in, you're kind of like, okay, you know, this is kind (laughs) of settling into a little bit of tedium. Ten minutes is so stinking long on the clock.
1: All right, so that oh my gosh, don't get me started. (laughs) That first night, I was like, oh my god.
2: And then they take breaks. (laughs) Yep.
1: And you got to wait longer for those picks. Yeah, and then they would have the host come on stage and like talk, and there's people get on with it. Yeah. What are you guys doing? How's the house band? They were good. I mean, they just did a bunch of covers kind of ranging all the
0: genres. They did play free falling the opening day or the uh, open of the uh, second day. Right. Before Will Levis was picked.
2: Ah. Didn't he? I don't think he returned to the draft for for day two. He went home. He
0: went home and got home just in time for the pick to take place.
2: He was, uh, I could tell, that guy was a little butthurt that he wasn't picked. Yeah. Plus, I couldn't tell who was his girlfriend. He he was resting his hand in his mom's thigh for a while, and then he had multiple girls around his arm. I was like, this kid has a different story than I do. (laughs) Sisters and a
0: girlfriend mixed in there. Yeah. And which one was which? Okay.
2: But Travion, I know why you were really there. You wanted to see the Jonas Brothers... You wanted to see Fallout Boy, you wanted to see Motley Crue, and you wanted to see Doja Cat. Doja Cat? Thunder. Oh, Thundercat, Cat. sure. Um,
0: it's always something. Don't you, don't you wish it was Doja Cat?
2: That would be awesome. <laughs> well, so <laughs> Times did their uh, 100 Most Influential People, like the show aired last night, and I turned it on for a little bit. And then they announced Doja Cat's performing, and Lindsay and I just looked at each other like, ah, it's time to turn it. Um, wow. All right, give me your reaction to the
1: concerts. Okay, so the Jonas Brothers didn't perform. They actually just like, they did one of the ESPN shows and then left. So I didn't even know about that <laughs> oh, till wow. it was over. Okay. Ouch. Because they were like hyping it up and then like, I was like, where's the Jonas Brothers? And Ouch. I guess they just came and went because they had all these little booths where the various ESPN people were doing their shows and stuff. And I guess they went on one of those shows and prom- they did. did their new song. They're on
2: ABCs. They're, they're doing college game day basically right from the draft
1: um so yeah didn't even know they were there so whatever and then uh fallout boy they were really good i was actually surprised and it was probably the most enjoyable of the two performances even though the motley crew one was really cool too it's just they did like about i feel like fallout boy did like all their hits that i knew at least and that was really fun uh, how long
2: did, did- fallout boy go on for
1: I, wanna, I think when I looked up their set list, it was like 12 or 13 songs, okay. which is pretty decent. I want to say like 40, 45 minutes, maybe 50.
2: But I saw Motley Crue only did a 30-minute show. Yeah. And that's what I was worried about. I'm like, okay, it is a free show, it's right. a bi- and it's going to be a huge crowd. Right. But are we going to get, NFL didn't want to play. pay the full price for Motley Crue, so we're going to get a condensed version of the show?
1: I don't know. I mean, I knew it was going to be short either way with both of them. Like, but yeah, I was just kind of disappointed by the length because again, it was only six songs. I mean, they did something really cool. Like during home seat home, they came in, uh, there's that fountain in the middle. Sure. They came and performed on that, which was neat because yeah, the other artists didn't do that. But
2: not shocked. Tommy Lee did something special with the drums.
1: Right. Right. It was really cool. But I mean, I just would have, I could have, you know, enjoyed a couple more songs, especially, you know, waiting there all day. For them but
2: and you didn't uh, you didn't did you go to thundercat you, i did not you skipped him yeah because you didn't want to do another day of the draft
1: yeah because again it would have been i mean it would have been easier that day than the other two days but man just shelling out another 50 bucks really would have hurt me so
2: i understand because you know you you had you had jan jackson coming up tomorrow <laughs> yeah. right yeah which by the way we're all going to that show so uh we won't have a show tomorrow if you can imagine some of right. us cheaper than others are going to that show? Yeah, that's that's very true. I I, I imagine Trayvon wanted to save a few coins uh-huh. for Tuesday. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Uh, we will get a lot into what the Chiefs, what they did with the draft, including Felix and D.K. Uzama. Mitch Holtz, his voice of the Chiefs, actually going to join us in the next segment. We'll hopefully kick that off at around 4.30, plus into the second hour as well. We're going to have a condensed version of King Felix's first introductory, well, I say first, his introductory press conference, his first press conference as a Chief. So, quick recap of the draft picks for K-State. Defensive end Felix and D.K. Uzama. To the Chiefs, pick 31, round one, and he becomes the first Cat drafted in the first round since Josh Freeman in 2009. Pick two for the Cats, round two, pick number 44, Julius Prince. He stays home, and he's going to play for the Indianapolis Colts. Round six, day three, pick 181, safety Josh Hayes. That's actually a name I don't think we really brought up much, Mm-mm. as in who could potentially be drafted, because Malik Knowles was another one, Echo Boydo. Also thought about they may be drafted. They were not, but safety Josh Hayes was, and I'm a big fan of Josh Hayes. He's going to play for his hometown team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the last pick uh, for a Wildcat in the NFL draft. Well, actually, you know, before I get there, if you don't mind, I want to take you back to last Monday. Uh I did a top 10 list of, you know, top 10 facts about the K-State Wildcats, in the NFL Draft, but I finished it off with a prediction. Here we go. My number one fact about K-State in the NFL Draft, and that is Deuce Vaughn will be the first cat selected by the Dallas Cowboys since Terrence Newman in 2003. In the sixth round, pick number 212. And I even also said there were going to be 31 jabronis to sleep on this young man. Wouldn't be taking first overall. That went to Bryce Young. Second overall, third overall, 102nd overall, 201st overall. They all skipped over him until the Dallas Cowboys came up at 212. And who did they select? They picked none other than hashtag my boy. Deuce Vaughn is a Dallas Cowboy. Man. Did Jasmine this morning tell you my reaction <laughs> to when Deuce Vaughn was selected? No, because she was jazzed herself. <sighs> Let me tell you, I'm at I'm at K State baseball. Jasmine, who helps us on the morning show, does a little uh, color commentary for us as well on uh, high school football, uh, and also she's doing some great work with K State and ESPN Plus <laughs> with her sideline reporting. I mean, I think she was born to do that, honestly. She's sure. doing such a good job at it. So we're sitting in the press box in K State and Texas Tech, getting ready to start. And I have my tablet on, and I have like, it was getting so close to the game, I had it on STAB broadcast, but in the small window in the corner, I still had my TV going, and it was on ESPN. I was like, all right, 212 is here. I'm bent over. I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, okay, this is, I was. At, from pick two hundred, I was tracking this. I was like, "Okay, did this, they, did this they, has got to
0: happen." Did they not have one in the seventh round? The Cowboys? Did Dallas have a pick in the seventh round? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were going to sweat it all over again
2: if they didn't I go knew, at two twelve? Well, no, because I knew this would be it. Because oh. I knew da- I knew on most big boards, Deuce Vaughn was just he was really approaching the top ten. I got gotcha. you. best available, and this would have to be it. If I, I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't think Dallas would would jump up to a spot, but I don't know. I just thought it, it, this, it just okay. felt right. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm sweating it out. And I think I was getting ready for a read. But I was just looking at the draft. I couldn't take my eyes on it. And then I see cowboy selection. And I just saw the deuce. And I jumped out of my chair. Yes! Yeah, Jasmine's like, no way. No way. They took Deuce Vaughn. I was losing it. I popped, my man. I popped. <laughs> oh, I, I never man. in the history of my fandom for the Dallas Cowboys ever, even when Terrence Newman was drafted fifth overall in 2003, did not in any way react as close to what I did for Deuce Vaughn. My second favorite cat of all time is playing for my favorite NFL team. He wanted to still be hashtag my boy, and this was the way to do it. And also, shout out to the old man, Chris Vaughn, a scout for the Dallas Cowboys, and him getting the opportunity to call his son to see if he wanted to come to work. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, it's going good. This is Dad. My phone wasn't working. Look at here, man. You want to come to work with me next week? <laughs> I would
0: not mind that. <laughs> I, got some, <laughs> I, got, I got somebody want to speak to you. I got somebody who want to speak to
3: you. Please. I don't know when I've been speaking for everybody that's really in the heart of the Dallas Cowboys is standing here with a tear in our eye.
2: We're yeah, so yeah. happy
3: to have you on the Dallas Cowboys.
2: All right, I'll leave it at that, but first of all, four cats that were selected – picked to their hometown teams or their favorite teams is just a phenomenal story. Felix Indy DK Uzama being selected by the Chiefs in the final pick of the first round in Kansas City is extremely special. But the, if there was one thing that could maybe overshadow all that, Deuce Vaughn, his dad getting, the call, getting to call Deuce, tears in his eyes, and getting to draft his own son.
0: Think is, of all the numbers of players that have been drafted over the years. In the NFL, how limited, how rare it has been for a team to take a player in such a way, to be able to have the player's dad on staff and be able to make that call.
2: Man, I am just so jacked that Deuce Vaughn, who's already played twice, at Jerry World. He has scored a couple of touchdowns at Jerry World. He's now going to score like 20 touchdowns at Jerry World next year, and who knows how many he scores on the road. I'm telling you, the Dallas Cowboys are back to championship-winning football. I got to stand up. Travion, give me some dancing music. I got to dance. Give me the uh, Ask Us Anything music. Give me it. Woo! Let's go. Deuce Vaughn is a cowboy. Deuce Vaughn. Woo! You know, there's still a problem. What? Zeke. Well, Zeke is gonzo. <laughs> Tony Pollard is going to be first string, but I don't mind this duo of Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. Zeke's contract out, or are they just going to cut him? I'm pretty sure Zeke is now an eagle or something like that. Or Oh, where did I miss that? I thought I'd read that. I'm pretty sure Zeke is no longer a cowboy. You can double check for me. But I'm pretty sure. Looking it up. That Zeke is gone. And I love Tony Pollard. Last couple of years Tony oh, yeah. Pollard has been They cut him 4 days ago. Yeah, okay, there you go. Maybe I just read something like there was a rumor he could be like the Eagles are interested or something. But they just, you know, they just got Swift in a trade with the Lions and the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, they basically drafted the Georgia Bulldogs. You
0: like this headline? Cowboys mm-hmm. owner Jerry Jones, not ex- against Ezekiel Elliott reunion.
2: Ship has not sailed. Nope. Ship has <laughs> sailed. I'm done with Zeke. Somebody said, I also saw this headline that that Love Deuce it. Vaughn could be the next Zeke Elliott. I was like, Pff. hold on a second. I, Deuce is going to be better than Zeke. We're not talking no 4.4 yards of carry. We're talking at least five, five and a half, maybe six. Plus, I would I would imagine as well, I mean, I know Deuce has been working on the put- return, kick return game, because that's a definitely something when it comes to the NFL draft that teams would actually like him sure. to do, is return some kicks. And probably, and Tony Pollard would obviously take the carry when it comes to the more of a load. When it comes to, to carries. But, and, I, I yes, the Cowboys have more running backs. Malik Davis is on the roster and, and Ronald Jones. But Deuce is going to get himself up that roster. He's going to be in the, in the two deep. And, man, is he going to be a star. If only he could wear number 22. Probably not going to happen. Even though the Cowboys don't have any retired numbers. Nobody has
1: worn 22 since Emmitt Smith. So quick question how come every time the nfl commissioner came out everybody would just boo the whole time because he's the commissioner because He's
2: the commissioner of the nfl
1: and that's just tradition or something well, pretty much yeah especially oh, okay. as a
2: cowboys fan okay oh and especially i mean surrounded around around zeke uh just want to Falsely accused just want to note though
0: amidst all of that that while the cowboys take deuce vaughn did you notice that he also scored a tweet from the Cowboys cheerleaders?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he, he had it. Yeah, the that the response me up. that s- cracked me. The up. response to that tweet hilarious. my uh, crew
1: had some cheerleaders dance with um, during Kickstart My Heart, but I can't remember which team they were from. I have to actually watch the be, video again.
2: Yeah, it could be anybody actually. I I don't know who all had cheerleaders there. A bunch of teams did. But also, I you know. I know I should be talking more about Felix and we will in the show, but I needed I need a good 10, 15 minutes just kind of loosen up and just get my Just get some cheers out of the way because I am gonna buy all the dudes fun merch. <laughs> I have so much K-State merch, but I might be now now overflowing my closet mm-hmm. with some cowboy stuff. Although I already do have a bunch of cowboy stuff. Oh boy, it's gonna be a lot more now. Gonna be way more now. Na- you can cut the music now I- I'm still standing But I'm done dancing Because if I keep dancing I'm gonna run out of steam And because I need to save some Because coming up next We're gonna be joined As we get more Chiefs talk The voice of the Chiefs Mitch Holtz Is his reaction To Kansas City Taking a cat In the first round Is coming up next Yeah, right now on SportsCenter, it's being played right now. The conversation uh, between Chris Vaughn and his son, Deuce Vaughn, that Deuce Vaughn is becoming a Dallas Cowboy. Actually, it's around the horn. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. They Talking were just, about Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. They were having fun in terms of FaceTime and how good of a moment that was.
2: It is our one of the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, and Travion Berklin, who is back from the NFL draft. And we are now pleased to be joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, as the three-day draft has wrapped up in Kansas City. First, Mitch, it's uh, the first time we've actually got to talk to you since the Super Bowl. Have you have you planned out what uh, finger the new ring is going to be going on yet?
3: Uh, well, that's a good problem to have. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a first-world problem. so. You know, I haven't given that a lot of attention, but we have put in the pertinent information. Here's the uh, interesting story there. I have two grandchildren, and I thought if I just had one, what will, you know, I'm going to set it up in my will that every five years they'll have to get together and have a conclave and have a ceremony, and then, you know, one of the two gets it for the next five years, and then they'll do it again in five years. But now I don't have to worry about that. There you go. Get so one. Yeah. So... Uh, plus, I've got, you know, gosh, I've got an AFC championship ring and then my K-State bowl rings. I don't know. I guess they'll have a whole closet full of them. But uh, I say that humbly. I don't say that to be arrogant. But, no, I, I thanks for bringing that up, and hopefully we'll get that next one soon.
2: Going to have to add on, in addition to the house, if the Kansas City keeps winning championships uh, for all those rings, three days of the draft at Union Station just for you, As longtime voice of the Chiefs, what was that experience like for you taking all that in?
3: Very, very, uh, it's really hard to describe it. And honestly, Mitch and Troy, it was uh, more amazing than I could have imagined. I'm just so proud of Kansas City and the entire Chiefs kingdom for what they did and how they did it. Now, first of all, it was the whole week. I had three major events a day, morning, (laughs) midday, evening every day i told coach reed thursday night uh after the pick of of our young king felix that uh i felt like the super bowl week again because there was all this stuff going on i was exhausted wednesday night staring thinking i'm gonna get a couple hours sleep to go to the next thing the next morning and it hadn't even started yet but that's also a first world problem and like one of my buddies says, the, it's like complaining the ice cream is too cold. When you get a Super Bowl championship and then less than 75 days later, post the NFL draft. But I thought Kansas City did a great job. I thought the way it was presented on television and social media was incredible. To backlight the World War I Memorial with the colors of the pick and the logos is just something extra. In the NFL, I don't know who designed it, but they took the uh, majestic setting of every day of Union Station and the National World War One Museum and Liberty Memorial, and then made it about that, not about the stage or, or the NFL. It was about really the setting they were in, and I thought it was terrific. And then finally, I'm giving a long answer here, but it was just such a spectacular week on Saturday morning. And I'm thinking think about me all week. I'm going back and forth, back and forth between our uh, set up outside of our draft room, and then going to uh, the site, back and forth, back and forth. The Saturday morning, we had an event, and I introduced Felix to the crowd and interviewed him. We had Dante Hall, and it was such a beautiful morning. My family was there, and I saw my wife peel off with my two granddaughters, my son, my daughter in law my, my daughter, and her husband were out of town, but they were walking down on their way down the berm of the North Lawn to go watch the picks starting in the fourth round, and then they were just going to chop it up the rest of the day. And I thought, if I'm 10 years old, this would be like the greatest day of my life. And I could see the skyline of Kansas City, this gorgeous day. I just sat down on top of the new double-decker bus that we have now in the Chiefs Kingdom, and it took just five minutes to like thank the Lord and let it soak in, because it was an awesome moment. It, it it's just it was beyond what I thought it would be and it was fantastic.
0: One of the things about design, you mentioned that the NFL did such a great job. I was struck by that even on the stage some of the looks were more of the stained glass style that you would see in Union Station than anything else in terms of their graphics at times.
3: Well, and you bring up an excellent point, Floyd, because they did that from the inside. Mm. It was they. They kind of when they saw the venue, they said instead of putting up LED boards like on the outside, they said let's use the building, and they did it from the inside out, which is why that you you saw this almost like it almost looked like a virtual setting. It was so awesome that they did it from the inside of the building going out. They also took so the NFL had an area. There was the family room slash green room. That was like three times as large as anything the NFL's ever had at a site. But they had their big sponsor group also flying in from all over the earth. But they turned the the Grand Hall into a speakeasy. They go, this is too cool. Let's make this into a speakeasy. So it had this 1920s feeling. That was not for the public to see. But what the public did see was the artistry, the imagination, and the creativity to make Union Station, I said it was almost like seeing my daughter on her wedding day. Something that you, someone that you love so much, what's just awesome if you've ever seen them. And that's the way Union Station was. Uh, come, they're going, let's shoot it from the inside out because you keep the windows and you, you keep the, what, what the building is. And so you bring up an excellent point that that was something very unique that they came up with is actually as an adjustment.
2: Speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtz is here on the game. So looking back at round one, Kansas City fans, organization, have the privilege for the last pick of the day because of winning the Super Bowl, and it's in Kansas City. So it was built for some pretty big expectations and a celebration once the pick happens. But building up to pick number 31, was there ever, ever a time that you, like maybe the anticipation set in that the way this is playing out, this could actually be Felix?
3: No question. Now. We have our own board. It was Matt McMullen, senior team reporter, Austin Whittard, who's a terrific guy, former player at Missouri Southern. He's a mortician in Joplin, but he's a draft nut. And then Brett Meyer, uh, who's just recently played at Baker, who's helping with the draft. And we set up our own little draft room. It's not; it's just yards from the real draft room, but we set up our own board. And I'm not telling you this, cause, uh, but it answers your question. Felix was our number 31 player. And I think he was among most boards around the National Football League. It wasn't a reach to take Felix. It wasn't a proprietary pick. It wasn't something just, oh, it's in Kansas City. Let's make this drama. If if the draft was in Detroit like it is next year, the Chiefs would have taken Felix and Yaduke Ozana. But where it did get interesting was the potential to trade up or down. And there was, I believe, some discussion I don't know if Brad Beach said this publicly, and I don't want to i don't want to let the cat out of the bag. They do this all the time. I mean, it's not like that's, that's... But there was some word that they were going to trade up. Didn't happen. If they were going to trade up, it wasn't going to be Felix. And if they traded Dan, it wasn't going to be Felix because he'd be taken by that. So, because the trade didn't happen, it's not like they defaulted on Felix. It's just that way they stayed to the board. And they get... You guys know, you've been watching him. I tell people who haven't watched him closely, I've got video for you to watch. I mean, getting doubled all year long, chipped all year long. He, he wrecks the Oklahoma State double team. His rip-up and under move against uh, TCU in the Big 12 championship game is NFL ready. Looks like He's got some Frank Clark to his game. And what I love about Enidiki Ozama is the fact that he has got some NFL stuff already, meaning move, counter move. Somebody's worked with him. It's almost like Tomba's worked with him. And I think Tomba who's worked with George Carlos a lot, will start to work with Felix. But Felix is ahead of the curve in that regard. Now, let's be honest. Is he Joey Bosa? No. But he's not far from I mean, he's not unathletic. His ability to uh, have these move, counter moves, he plays the run. He doesn't chase the ball to forfeit giving up the run. He's really good on twist, his E.T. stunt against Tulane is fantastic to watch. There's just a lot to like about Felix. And the fact that he grew up a Chiefs fan and is now posting pictures of him at seven years old and narrowhead watching the game is, is the stuff of poetry. And much like Super Bowl 57, it's so good you can't make it up. But let's just be very clear about something. The Chiefs did not go and reach to take Felix Anaduke Uzama because he's from Kansas City. They took him because he was the pick they had on the board at that spot that fits a need, and I look forward to him growing his career with George Karloftis.
2: As a chief, as a Wildcat, and you hear Clark Hunt say Felix Inidike Uzama, did you jump out of a chair? Did you hug somebody? What was your reaction?
3: Well, we were in place because we do a live uh, live stream on the Chiefs app, and Matt McMullen actually grabbed me and started, like, shaking me because he knew that I guess he beat me to the punch. And and, and and honestly, I was trying to be somewhat subdued in that I didn't want people to think, oh, well, this is just a K-Stady thing. It, it is, but it's also an NFL thing. I, I'm really happy to have him. He fits in, and you guys know this better than me, but I'm finding out more because we've had several conversations King Felix, uh, in me, that he fits right in with the style, athletic ability, and persona, and the emotional and mental maturity, as as well as physical abilities, as Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton, last year's draft class, and Felix Inuike-Zama fits right into those guys. And I thought, perfect fit, he's a player. He could thrive in the system, and he gets to grow with George Karloftis. He's got veterans to help him. He's going to get coached up now, and George is going to be happy. It's like, dude, you take the role of getting coached up every day by Joe Cullen. But Felix is also ahead of the curve, and uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited about the pick. I'm excited because I think he'll help us win. I mentioned he's a ball hawk. You get eight force fumbles in two years, and you guys saw him. He'll, he'll do it without forfeiting his job. He won't chase a sack or try to get to the ball and then get stung on some flip pass or jet sweep. I love the way he's already faced double teams. Teams doubled him all year, chipped him. He stays within the scheme. I love it. The game against his junior year, the six sack game against TCU, and they switched at the four, which I thought was bogus. I remember watching those live and thinking this guy could be a really good NFL player. And then last year, I thought, no, he is an NFL player and he's a first-round draft pick. So I'm thrilled. They were shaking me. I was trying to keep subdued, dude. But I'm jumping up and down, man.
2: Speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, a couple more for you. We'll let you go. Um, Kansas City had to fill a couple more spots other than defensive end. They actually drafted two. Uh, defensive end some edge guys, but wide receiver Rasheed Rice from SMU also needed a, a lineman. How well do you feel like Kansas City answered some of the questions when it comes to filling some spots?
3: And getting guys that you need to have, much like I mentioned in the classes of 21 and 22, when you're in the second contract of Patrick Mahomes. Because of where you're going to draft, if you're going to continue to win at a high level consistently and win Lombardi trophies, you have to hit these kind of guys. Think of the Patriots of the mid-2000s. And I don't say this from an arrogant standpoint. It's just what the Chiefs have become. The Chiefs are second in NFL history with 75 wins over a five-year span, second to the 03-07 to 07 Patriots. Well, think about how the Patriots built those teams. They drafted the free agents, developing players, are exactly like the Chiefs are doing now. Okay, I'm going to just crop dust this class. In Rasheed Rice, there are two, two wide receivers in this draft, the closest thing to Juju Smith-Schuster. Jonathan Mingo, who goes to the Carolina Panthers, and Rice. Rice has got a lot of stuff to polish out, but he's could be a Juju clone. A lot of work to do, but there, okay. Then you look, at Morris, at 1A Morris, not only he's not the tenor on Boys demand, he's just named after him, but he's also got mentors with Trey Smith and Craig Humphrey. He's already been around those guys, and Trey Smith called him his little brother. He's got a chance, but he needs work. But he's got a big brother to walk him to school and show him the ropes. That's a big deal. The other thing I would say about the other picks, and people can look them up is the fact that I think the the Chiefs now immediately, immediately can become very nasty in special teams like they were in 2013 to 2016. You're going to start being K-State or Virginia Tech. You get two kick blockers in this draft because Thompson blocked three kicks when he was at Baylor. Uh, The uh, corner at a ball state blocked two kicks. The player from Virginia Tech, he is a special teams player like right now. Gunner, cover guy, he'll block a kick. You just elevated your whole roster from that standpoint. You know you're really good on offense, maybe the best in the league. Defensively, many think the Chiefs could be a top eight, top five defense next year. And if you become really nasty on special teams, you do not let your opponent breathe a, a bit of oxygen. And you'll win games at special teams. I just said on our podcast, I just did it. People will post it tomorrow, but I I develop in more detail the class of 2023. We'll break it down with Matt McMullin a lot more each dude. But I said, special teams in football, if you do them the way K-State and Virginia Tech have done them, the way the Chiefs did them from 13 to 16, is not salad dressing. It can be a main course in winning a game and tip the scale in a talent-laden, quarterback-laden AFC.
2: There's absolutely no doubt about that. Mitch, uh, as we wrap up, what do you got going on the next couple of months before training camp uh, gets here?
3: Well, this week, well, I've got like four keynote talks this week, uh, but I'm also part of our rookie um, academy, basically. I work with the Rookie Dinner on Friday night because it's not only our drafted rookies. We're going to unleash a whole bunch of undrafted free agents that you can follow, already, their agents already leaked them out. It's a really good group, uh, and they'll come in along with some invited guys. We'll probably have some more K-State guys come over. But then we go into rookie minicamp, okay, that's part of this, and then the OTAs and LSPs start to accelerate. So it doesn't really shut down until like a week and a half in July, uh, but that's where we're at. And, again, the ice cream's too cold. I'm not going to complain because the off season doesn't feel like it, when you win a Super Bowl championship for the second time in four years and you host the draft with a lifetime full of activities that are presented in the week. That's just where we're at. I knew it would be that way in this year, but that's okay because all of it's been a blessing. Just at some point, you've got to recharge the batteries before you hit it all again for a seven-month void, I should say.
0: Yeah, it's going to come upon you very quickly again, when already everything here. resets. It's already here,
3: man. It's it, already here. It's
0: yeah. Just, training man. training camp isn't that far away when you really think of it.
2: Yeah. Nope. Sure not. Well, you mentioned uh, the Cats uh, potentially coming over as free agents. Echo Boydo will be one of those uh, corner that wasn't picked that we thought might get picked. Uh, ends up getting an opportunity with yeah. Kansas City.
3: Uh, fighting learning from Lawrence High. I love to watch him play. I thought he really grew. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that could climb up a list real fast, and and, and let's be honest, K State guys are better prepared for the NFL. Coach Kleiman's scheme is very NFLish. It is their, the way they do formations and their route concepts, and that's why I think Will Howard has a chance to be. I think a year from now, people are going to be talking to him if he can if he can have the year in twenty twenty three, and the offensive line will give him that chance uh, that he had in those last six games of twenty two. He's going to be the talk, I think, or one of the talk quarterbacks to talk about in the draft. But guys are just offensively and defensively in the approach and what is asked of them mentally, physically, and emotionally. They are just ahead of the rest of the crew in many ways to be NFL ready because they approach an NFL style every day they do things. And that's what's underrated, I think, about Kleiman and his staff. It was that way with Coach Snyder. Because guys not only get drafted or taken as free agents from K-State, they last. They have 10-year careers The, the uh, when you look at the McGraws of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's a, he's another name, man. He's a name that could make it in the NFL as an undrafted free agent.
2: No doubt about it. Next year, uh, not only uh, will I look out for Cooper Beebe as well to potentially be a first-rounder, uh, get out of Casey Piper, for sure. Mitch, uh, I, I know yep. how busy you've been the last uh, couple of days, and especially this past weekend, but thank you so much for your time. And before we know yep. it, we'll be talking about Felix and training camp. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy your summer.
3: You got it. Yeah, I even slipped in for leadership Manhattan. I heard you guys talking about it as I was driving out of town. Yep, that you
0: made Brandon's day, I will tell you that, by the way.
3: yeah, I'll just sometimes sneak in and out when you least expect it.
2: Thanks, Mitch. We'll talk to you
3: soon. Good hey, boys. Okay.
2: For the Chiefs, Mitch Holtz is here on the game. We'll finish up hour number one. We'll get to the Backcats. And uh, hey, by the way, they're ranked now. It's coming up next. Mm-hmm. It was two late hits, one on Friday and one on Sunday, that won the series when it comes to the big plays mm-hmm. for K State. Against number fourteen Texas Tech, we finish up hour one of the game, bringing you some Bad Cats here, and we'll definitely get you more as this, as the week goes on. Again, no uh, show tomorrow. We're all going to the Janet Jackson concert, uh, but the Bad Cats win the series. They win the games Friday and Sunday against the Red Raiders to win the series two to one. And going in that Sunday game, I felt like man, that was maybe not make or break was the right term to use, but it's like if you win. It feels like you are now absolutely in the conversation NCAA tournament with, of course, still some work to do, but you're in a very good spot. If you were to lose, then you're not, of course, feeling as sure you lose a series. You're at home against a top 25 opponent with a great opportunity to really jump up the RPI. You probably take a step back, obviously, if you lose that one. K-State did themselves a very big favor in winning that series against Texas Tech,
0: not only that, but look at what they've done over the last three weeks to put themselves in a position now where they have to be mentioned in that mix potentially for not for an NCAA berth. I mean, it's when you take the sweep with Kansas, you factor in the the trip out to Irvine, get two of three out there, and turn around and come home and take two out of three against the 14th ranked team in the country, the highest ranked team that you faced this year in your own ballpark you have set yourself up beautifully
2: yeah and you you don't want to lose tomorrow against wichita state you no. want to get that revenge it's a road game and then you have for, okay so southeast missouri state's coming in this weekend and it's not club. that's not a pushover no they are the best team in the ohio valley they're 14 and four in their conference i mean th- that's a team that will probably be in the ncaa tournament because they're most likely mm-hmm. going to win the Ohio Valley. And and that's and that's just tradition for them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a very big series. And that's at home this weekend at Toyton Family Stadium. By the way, we had two sellouts mm-hmm. when the weather was nice, Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> it was not exactly <laughs> ideal on Friday. And I understand fantastic crowds the last couple of games. It was Roberto Pena, his two-run homer in the seventh on Friday. That put Casey up three to two. Saturday, so the bugaboo Saturday, and this drove me nuts because K State had so little accent there. K State had a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So many opportunities. I had Fajardo made one mistake on a pitch that he absolutely wants back, ends up being a home run, and then Texas takes up 5 to 2. K-State was 0-14 for with runners in scoring position. That will drive you nuts when you have that kind of opportunities. And Texas Tech was making some mistakes. I mean, they made some mistakes in the field that K-State at times were able to capitalize on. But also on Sunday, what was huge was they were making things happen with two outs. They gave themselves opportunities Mm -hmm. when they were already two outs, especially in the bottom of the eighth inning, when K-State needed the big hit. And I was a bit worried because it was small ball going into the eighth inning. And Brendan Jones has been so good this year, but he hadn't had the ideal series against Texas Tech. He had a very rough mm-hmm. Saturday. And then going into Sunday, he was 0-3. for 3, And he's coming up in the bottom of the eighth. with The thing is, K-State got some help, right? There was a walk and a hit-by-pitch. And if things were going the way probably they wanted it to as K-State, there's a man at third. And with two outs, and Brendan Jones is going to try to drive in this guy to tie the game... In the bottom of the eighth and play the small ball. Well, after the wild pitch, and Mike Clark, the former you know coach of the mm-hmm. cats, he explained it to me. He's like, Well, the Texas tech guy, he threw the slider. After the wild pitch, there's no way he's going he's gotta throw fastball. So Brendan Jones could sit on that. And what did he do? Got fastball and ripped it to right center mm-hmm. field. That wind was an absolute pain all series we're talking 30 40 mile per hour wind gusts all series out of the north and that's that's left field I mean that's K-State's bread and butter to launch him out to left field or launch him out to the wall and hit some home runs Cats hit one all series the big hit from Brendan Jones who had he was so due he had a rough series and guess what bases clearing triple cats take the lead they get an insurance run um was it from Goodwin or I, I can't remember if it was Goodwin or, or um or Pepper? but they got the insurance run but case it up two runs man they had some very clutch hits very clutch hits in the series that the two clutch hits that I just mentioned were obviously gigantic because they put caseed in the lead the thing that
0: clinched it for me beyond what Brendan Jones did though Tyson neighbors coming out of the bullpen and pitching a long stint rather than his usual one inning
2: yeah I mean he had to come in for three. Yeah, and he, and he did it. That's also something he did at UC Irvine. Came in for three innings and struck out seven. And he also got the win on Sunday as well uh, with the, the lead changing, of course, in the eighth inning. And he was already in the game. And also Ty Rule. Ty Rule coming in in the middle innings, middle-ish innings, I should say, Friday and Sunday. I mean, these are your two main guys out of the bullpen. And Ty Rule did give up a home run on Sunday. That put Texas Tech back in the lead. But what does he respond with? just absolute solid pitching mm-hmm. nasty pitching striking out guys he made the one mistake and guess what he battled back it's the, all you can ask the emotion after the Brandon jones triple and then tyson neighbors closing the door in the ninth inning the emotion that they showed mm-hmm. you, that that told this story on how big that win was on sunday gigantic win. Looking for another one of those on the road at Wichita State tomorrow with a 6 o'clock first pitch. And then the Cats back at home Friday against Southeast Missouri State also at 6 o'clock pregames. We'll be starting at 5.30. Hour two of the game. We're back to the draft. We're going to hear from King Felix and his introductory press conference with the Chiefs next. And so is your local news.